0: so amped. I am so happy to see everybody. Are you guys happy to see each other? Oh, come on. That was it? Woo! You know, when they were doing the announcements and they were saying, um, for the first service, for those of you who don't have, I thought they were going to say coronavirus, because that's how pretty much every sentence ends. But I'm thankful that it's if you don't have children, you come to First service, and if you have kids, we're going to have something for them for second service. But I'm just so excited. I I've started to, t- to see, you know, there's opportunities uh, where people are getting together on airplanes and at the Hale Center Theater and in the movie theaters and everywhere. So why not church? Amen. Amen. Come on guys. Do you guys need, do you need a little shot in the arm? I might get you up and jumping up and down like I do with the kids. Hey, today we're going to talk about something. Welcome everybody. We're going to talk about something that, that people don't talk about very often. Are you ready? You ready? You want to talk about something that most people don't like to talk about? Everybody's like, no, everybody's triggered. <laughs> Got your issue that you don't want to go there? Well, we're going to go there today. Today, the message is called the wedding day. Now, that's not the part you don't want to talk about. But we are going to talk about what's called eschatology, which means the study of last things. The study of last things. We are going to talk about the last days. We're going to talk about the return of Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus Christ is coming back. Who who agrees with me on that? So apparently, 85% of all people do not even believe that in our culture. 85% of people do not believe what the Bible says about the return of Jesus Christ. But the Bible says a lot about it. As a matter of fact, one-third of the Bible is a prophecy speaking about the, the return of Jesus The reign of of Jesus on the earth. Now, I'm not going to get too deep into it, so don't shut down on me yet. But I just want to read this to you. 1 Thessalonians 4.13. This is what Paul the Apostle says. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep. So that we will not grieve like the rest. When the Bible talks about those who are asleep, it's talking about those who have died, those who have gone on. It says, "We don't want to grieve like the rest. You have no hope. For if we believe Jesus Christ died and rose again in the same way, through Jesus, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. So, if you have loved ones who have passed away, they're they're called sleeping." and Jesus Christ is going to come back and take them to be with him just like he's going to take those who know him. 1 Thessalonians 4:16, the Lord himself this is what this is explaining how he's going to come back down. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the archangel's voice and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ, those who have fallen asleep, the dead in Christ will rise first. It says, then we will all who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Slap your neighbor and say, we're going to be with the Lord. I said I was going to work that into the message, so I thought I'd get it out of the way early. That is good news, right? If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is some seriously good news we're going to be with the Lord forever. It is going to be epic. It is going to be one party after another. It's just going to keep going for eternity. So there are three theories about the return of Jesus. Some people say it's going to happen before what's called the tribulation, which is, a, is going to be a terrible time of all kinds of horrible things. You can read all about it in Revelation And 36% of all Christians believe that Jesus is going to come back before the tribulation. And um, 4% believe that he's going to come back in the middle or pre-wrath is what they call it. 18% believe he's coming back after the tribulation. 13% have other views, which I don't know. 4% are not sure. And literally 25% of all Christians don't even believe that there's going to be a rapture. And so we're going to talk about the day of the Lord. What is the day of the Lord? But first it says it's going to come like a thief in the night. 1 Thessalonians 5, it says concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. What this is saying is that we should see things are going to point toward the return of Christ. There are going to be ways we can tell. Now, Jesus says no one knows the day or the hour. Nobody's going to know. But this is a guarantee. Jesus is coming back. And it says here, it says, oops, scroll with me. It says here, concerning the times and seasons, it says, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. How many of you have a home security system? Anybody? Home security system? This, the sales of home security systems in the last couple of years has increased exponentially because people, they're buying like the Nest or the, what are some other ones? The, do you know what the best way, the best deterrent to keep thieves out of your house? A dog. Yes. Shout out for all the dog lovers. So you should go buy a dog if you don't have one instead of a security system because that will deter the thieves. But if you knew, if somebody said to you, there's a thief that's going to come to your house, what would you do? Would you just go, okay, that's fine. I'll just, I'll go to bed. What would you do? You'd be diligent, wouldn't you? And the Bible says, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. This is saying, it is going to happen, and it is going to happen at night. And you need to be ready. And like I said last week, when Jesus comes back, do you want to be doing the things that you're doing now when Jesus comes back? Are those the things you're going to be want to be doing? One-third of the Bible is prophetic, as I mentioned. It says here, 1 Thessalonians 5, this is good news. God has not destined us for wrath, but to Salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so whether we're awake or asleep, we might live with Him. Therefore, this is what we're called to do. It says, Encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. You know, the word, uh, one of the teachers last week in our simulcast said, The word unprecedented has been used more this year than probably any other time in history, right? Everything's unprecedented. This is unprecedented. We've never seen such a thing. All of these are signs pointing to the fact that Jesus Christ is preparing his body. He's preparing the church, which is called the Bride of Christ. He's preparing us, but he's going to come back, and nobody knows when. Even the Son himself, Jesus said, No one knows, only the Father in heaven. So I want, I want you to check this out. It says... um. It says here, it says, A.W. Tozer, it says that a low view of God is the beginning of a hundred lesser evils. We cannot view God as just kind of like this God who's kind of nonchalant. He's just like, eh, it's not that big a deal. He cares very much that his bride is ready. And we're going to talk about the wedding right now. Because I just watched this documentary called Before the Wrath. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but you should see it. And it compares a Galilean wedding to the return of Jesus Christ. A Galilean wedding was really unique in the fact that it was kind of like a surprise party. So nobody knew when the wedding was going to happen. Can you even imagine? I mean, for those of you who have ever planned a wedding, think about how stressful that was. And you even knew the day. Imagine if you didn't even know the day. You just had to be ready. And that's what a Galilean wedding was like. And that's, that is where Jesus and all of the disciples came from Galilee. And it says in Revelation 19, it says, The wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. This is in Revelation 19. And what happened in a Galilean wedding was a year before, approximately, the groom would go to the bride. He would give her father money. This wasn't to purchase her, but he would give her money as an insurance policy in case anything were to happen to him that she would be taken care of. Kind of like the deposit of the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. And then the groom would give her a cup of wine as like her proposal. This would be like, will you marry me? He would give her a cup of wine. And then she had the decision to make. She's like, either I'm going to drink from this cup or I'm going to reject him, which would have been horrible because everybody in the entire town was there. Everybody in the whole town was there. So, you know, have you ever been to uh, those stadiums where like they, they, put, you know, Jennifer, will you marry me? And then he does this thing, you know, like they go out onto the floor at the jazz game or whatever, and he gets down on his knee at halftime. Have you ever seen the fails on YouTube where they say no in front of 40,000 people? Like imagine, those are horrible. Those are are so sad. They're kind of triggering a little bit. But um, imagine that if this bride rejected this cup that the groom is offering her, But if she accepts that cup, she drinks it, which is very symbolic of the cup that Jesus Christ offers us in the new covenant of his blood. So then the the couple separates and the groom goes over here. Sorry, camera guys. The groom goes over and he begins to prepare a place that they're going to go live. And then the bride goes over here and she goes and gets herself totally ready. She gets her clothing and she gets herself completely ready for this, for this soon coming wedding. And so what happens is for an entire year, they're both busy doing their stuff, but they're still considered betrothed or they're considered essentially married married even though they don't live together. And, and when I was in Israel, I could see these homes and they would just keep building on and building on. Each of the sons would build a home to go live and to bring the bride home with him. And so they would just sit there and wait and then every single night, imagine this, ladies, those of you who, who have had a wedding dress, who've worn a wedding dress, she would sleep in her wedding dress every night. Anybody else like, get this thing off, like with all of the sticky things, she would sleep in her wedding dress and wait. And then the father of the groom would decide when it was time. The father of the groom was the one who knew. He was the only one who knew. And so when he determined it was time, he would go wake up his son. And then the son would go, and he would blow... He would blow a shofar. Do you guys want to hear what a shofar sounds like? All right, you ready? Here it is. Imagine you're the bride. And you hear this sound. And you know that this means your groom is coming to take you to the place he has prepared for you, the home he has built for you, thinking of you every step of the way, preparing a place where he can take you. And like it says in the Bible, Jesus says, I will take you to be where I am. It doesn't say, I'll come to be with you where you are. He says, I'm going to take you to where I am. And where is Jesus right now? Anybody? Jesus is in heaven. So, this is a symbol of the bride of Christ, which is the church. Ephesians talks about we are the bride of Christ. And Jesus is encouraging us to start to get ourselves ready and to prepare because he wants to come back and take us home to be where he is. And Jesus is coming. And I want to ask you, are you ready? are you ready? If you go to sleep tonight, I just want to know, are you ready? I want you to say it. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? You're supposed to say I'm ready. Are you ready? ready. Slap your neighbor and say, are you ready? ready. (laughs) The kids are loving this. Are you ready? Because Jesus is coming back to take his bride to be with him. And this is what the coronavirus is doing, guys. It is purifying us. It's bringing our garbage to the surface so that we can be pure and spotless and holy and beautiful before God. So that when he comes to take us home, we're going to be ready. Let's say it one more time. Are you ready? Amen. Okay, we are going to worship again. We're going to worship the Lord because we have a reason to sing. Do we not? Jesus is coming back. We need to be ready. Let's be ready, people, okay? God bless you.